Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Under Pressure Outdoors is brought to you in part by Hasmore Outdoor Products. Hasmore Outdoor Products manufactures quality replacement seats for a multitude of climber brands as well as a host of other products built with the hunter in mind. Take it from us. Your butt will thank you and you'll be able to spend more hours in your stand. Hop over to their website by clicking on the link in the podcast description and order the tree stand trick out kit for your stand today and you'll have everything you need to hunt longer and harder. Make sure you use code UPO15 at checkout to get 15% off your next order. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. We had quite a few people that had hailed from Louisiana. Yeah, they or sure claimed did. to have hailed from Louisiana that, that showed up this year. I want to th- I want to say there were four or five different groups of people that were from Louisiana or the surrounding area, or they had yeah gone to Louisiana for Mardi Gras and ate a bunch of crawfish and just wanted some more. Yeah, and they all bought tickets and came and showed up at the event. And it was it was fun. I mean, we had we had a really good turnout, and we ate through two hundred pounds of crawfish, quick, fast, in a hurry. In a hurry, I followed the walked up at two thirty. The gentleman and his wife. Nice enough, but man, he was looking to do anything he could to pin it on us. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I saw something at three o'clock. Uh, we we were going to go home yesterday, but we stuck around just for this boil. We're out of crawfish, man. Don't know what to tell you. <laughs> we're going home. There, there was, I, I think our event was posted at 11 2 3. Yeah. Because I, I know that Eventbrite, uh, Eventbrite was, the Eventbrite link was made before the Facebook thing was and there's no way i put one of them to start at three o'clock yeah i even pulled up last year's it was 11 o'clock yeah they both yeah. started at 11 but it happens i mean hey we we had a we had a guy show up and i'm not sure if he was there today or not but he showed up uh for the crawfish boil um like the first week of march <laughs> <laughs> at the at the original <clears throat> location we had, had planned he he messaged under pressure outdoors he's like hey Where's everybody at? I'm like, what do you mean? We're we're here. I'm here for the crawfish bowl. I'm like, bro, you're like two months early. <laughs> <laughs> it's like showing up a day early for the youth hunt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we did that anyways. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a little easier to sit that one day out though than to sit the next couple months. Yeah, the next couple yeah, months. Yeah, and, really. it, and it turned out to be at the wrong location anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I hope you didn't come back. I would well, no, I you know because I had messaged him specifically when we changed it to tell him that we'd moved locations. He <clears throat> he would have been one of the people that we had to message and say we moved locations because he bought a ticket, you know, right off the bat to uh, to go to the crawfish bowl. He he was like bought a ticket within the first couple of weeks. We put him on sale, so he'd already waited a month and then showed up at the at the crawfish bowl. Dang poor guy. Hopefully he got there and got some crawfish though. I hope he did too. Hope we did too. We we had we had pretty good turnout. That was and, and how about the rigged raffle there? That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, 
barely rigged, but man, it just. Uh, I don't uh, know how we rigged it, but we did. <laughs> It, it, well, it wasn't it wasn't rigged at all. So, to, no, it was Clarify that, that it just happened to get lucky that so, half your girlfriend's family yeah. won all the prizes. So my girlfriend won the fishing bucket. Her brother won the bang stick and the other stuff with that. And then what was it? Your wife that won the hunting bucket? Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's that, right. Ch- chances are that hunting bucket's either going to walk up, work, wander out to another under pressure outdoors, or ducks unlimited event. Yeah. But I just want the hat out of there. How about that first light hoodie, no. Jim? Um, well, if you notice, I got water and sunflower seeds here tonight for dinner. Yeah. I'm going to try to fit it in that hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I went out to New Mexico hunting um, turkeys with Caleb Cotting. Yeah. Out of the podcast. Guy's a machine. I am not. My youth is definitely way behind me, humping the mountains. I was dying. Actually, because my <laughs> knee's bad. Going up, that wasn't that bad. I mean, other than the fact that I'm fat and old, coming down was just murder. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? That's it. Um, I'm looking at 220, end of the year. He, di- he didn't give you an old man special where he uh, just rode you around in the, the truck and let you hop out and run the, off the road? The oh, we got a pile of that, too. In fact, the turkey that we did kill, that's exactly how it happened. Yeah. And he was so, we went through, we went through turkey, turkey, turkey. Just, we saw everything except gobblers. And then um, we drove in Arizona. It's late in the day. Grab some, man, the jerky that Arizona has got the worst jerky. It's all chippy. I mean, it's so dry, it crumbles. It's terrible. But how do you... Arizona is so dry itself, it just crumbles. It's awful. Anyway, we got some jerky. Maybe a little happy juice. And then um, we're coming back. Turn right back into the Gila. Banging up some mountain. And I say banging up a mountain. Caleb Cotting is an angry individual. (laughs) (laughs) He drives angry. He's cool as can be, right? I mean, just smooth. Inside, there's a stone cone killer. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna. I told him that I said when well, someday they're gonna ask me what happened with Caleb. I'm gonna say I'm not surprised they did it with an axe. That's some bitch had it coming too. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> man, we're hammering up this mountain. All of a sudden, this Jake comes cutting across. <laughs> Caleb hits the right brakes. Oh, stops this uh, this 1989. Uh, it sounds funny. Isuzu Amigo that you may <laughs> laugh at. I'll come back to the Amigo. Man, he's like. I forget exactly what he said. Kill that side. You know, so my buddy Roman's in the back, and I bail out the passenger side. I'm coming around. Roman lets go. Wham! Tumbles him. And he's sitting there. And the head comes up. Three and a half. Boom! <laughs> Done. <laughs> it's Roman's bird, but, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm half a turkey shy of a slam now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but man, going to oh, just walking around at that elevation, I felt pretty good because even Roman, he's in pretty good shape, and he was like, "This sucks up here." <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> like, be ten years older and a lot fatter. <laughs> it was bad. How high were you guys up there? Um, we were walking around uh, just shy of ten. A lot of times, we get yeah. up a lot of the um, mesas. They're they're about seven to eight but you know it's it's just up 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 and then you level out and that's awesome you level out because you're just and the top of some aces is pretty open right 
Um, and it's kind of weird though, you know, if you did see turkeys, man, like Georgia turkeys, if you're half a mile away and they buy, I buy you, they're gone. Not yep. these things, man. Not that we had a whole lot of gobblers to look at, but the hens even were not. They were kind of like, uh, I see you over there, <coughs> but they're not high pressure. Not like what we see in Florida, not like we see in Georgia. Just not as spooky. Mm. No, I mean, they're not going to stand there. But they start, instead of just running away and taking a wing, they they start moving off. So, and it, it's just different. Um, but no doubt, it, it, you still have to be stealthy. Right. You know, And we, but we didn't, anything that we stocked with us turned out to be a hen. You know, we never saw a single blown up gobbler. We didn't hear a single gobble. Um, but we were two thirds of the way through the season. And my guess is they just got done early. Yeah. But there's 30 million acres out there, and it was really rare that we saw another car. But the kind of roads we were driving on, road is very loose. It's more like, you know, pre-Pueblo art that we were driving around. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I don't know. Maintained? No. (laughs) Huh? Maintained? Yeah. Maintained. No, none. No, absolutely no. not. It basically, there's times where you could tell these things were laid out by a fire truck at some point when, when the woods were on fire. And they went down into a creek bed, and then the creek bed became the road. Yeah. So, <laughs> now keep in mind, we're bouncing around in 1989. The stock Azuzu uh, Amigo, the only trick out it had was it had tires with a two-inch extra relief on it, and they were 12-ply. Ooh, yeah. So, because... I asked Caleb, where they call those no poppies. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not kidding. When I, when I say, you know, oh, 100 miles from civilization. No shit, 100 miles from civilization, right? I'm like, you got a spare in this thing, right? He's like, you know, I got one back at the ranch. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we had the conversation about 12 ply. Yeah. But, you know, I remember as a kid, 1989, I, I was a senior in high school, and I remember the, the gayest Azuzu commercials. Like, they even ran, it was like, do you remember those things? They, they had like a sing song to them. I said battery included. They were actually, I think uh, Chevy had something to do with the transmission on those, or it was Chevy made some of that parts because they were going into that that line. But I had an ex that had one. Lived right here in Eustis, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blue <laughs> had the soft top on the back of yeah. it, so you could open it up and you know, like the. Hmm. <laughs> this thing was red. Um, beat just beat right but I'm telling you man pound for pound that is the baddest vehicle I've ever ridden in I couldn't believe it I'm like we you must have done something he would it's four wheel drive but you had to lock the hubs right so he would put it he would either keep it in second and then when he really wanted to get going he would just put it in four low but not lock the hubs and just take his foot off the gas that thing became a rock climber just bam bam I mean I'm gonna need dentistry when I you know (laughs) Um, we banged around so bad that the guys in the back broke the wood support that was on the, you know, you sit on, there's a cushion. Yeah. They kept hitting the support. It finally cracked. That's how bad <laughs> we we're banging around. I mean, I, I'm telling you, we spent half the day. No back seat. That, that puts a whole new meaning to bench seat, I guess. Huh? Yeah. So we spent half the day banging around on, on, on the, on the, there's a, there's an oil pan guard. Right. I know that thing's all beat to shit. Um, on the axles, there was, there was, t- 
he'd be going along and also we'd hit a big rock and you'd, you'd hear that thing grind up on the on the on the plate that protects the oil pan so we're kind of like high centered where the first two wheels are off there he just put a reverse <laughs> back off <laughs> hit it again from a different angle so this time it caught the axle bam roll right over that thing man <laughs> well that's what we do with the mud boat you know you pull yeah. up you hit a log you're on the top of it going like this and you're like okay just back up or nail it harder <laughs> yeah. you gotta hit it faster i'm like trimming down <laughs> and trying to wiggle the boat <laughs> You should probably introduce our guest. <laughs> yeah, we'll get around to that. Yeah, now we got we got Jordan back in here. So the man's driving it. a prodigy now. We'll do a little do a little inter- introductions. <laughs> I'm your host Will Krebs. We got Jordan with us this week. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Jim is back with us. Yes, sir. After as you've just heard, a nice trip to New Mexico. We'll do a little turkey hunting and have a good time. And we got Briar in here. Hey y'all. And then our guest this week is Joey Lyon. How Joey you Joseph. How do you how do you what do you prefer to be called? I got so many names. Anything you know, that some, like of, some of them are good, some of them are bad. It don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joey, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what all you do. Well, my real job or my fun job? Well, well we, <laughs> so, we, brought uh, yeah. you, we brought you in here for your fun <laughs> yeah. job. So, uh, I really enjoy duck hunting was actually what I, I really love to do and, and learn more about the ducks and the conservation and the risk in gators was fun so yeah you know i uh wanted to learn gator hunting right you know to really learn about it so uh the facebook is kind of where a lot of this came about i started florida duck hunters as a joke believe it or not it was a joke my friends always said where do you find ducks and i said just look on the internet they'll post it so i said let me go (laughs) ahead and start a site and let them post it and then i realized how pissed off people got when you did that (laughs) (laughs) when you when when you put a platform up and everybody wants to say i hunted x spot and uh 25 people show up an hour later you know it's like uh uh-oh so yeah that's where that started and you know i did the same thing with florida gator hunters just trying to have some fun and and uh put something there where people in florida could communicate you know and really talk to people so that's kind of where all that started, and it's expanded big time. That's funny <laughs> on the spot yeah. on the spot naming because I mentioned that I went duck hunting somewhere south of Virginia, and Joey threatened to ban me. <laughs> spot naming. <laughs> <laughs> See, but what he doesn't understand is all the PMs I get <laughs> and the reporting of the posts that I get, mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> so. Next time, Jim, it's just you killed ducks in the United States. Somewhere in North America. Better even narrow it down to the Atlantic <laughs> Flyway. You know, people get a little upset about that. I just figured it was easier not to post as much during season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I usually just, like, scroll through Florida duck hunters and don't really say much. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I, I just read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. So... Yeah, it's it's been actually it's been fun. You know, it's uh it's allowed me to work with Ducks Unlimited a lot now and, and I'd say you work quite a bit with Ducks Unlimited. I mean yeah. you're the president of the Triangle chapter, correct? Uh, no, that's uh David Causey. Okay. So uh we started the Villages chapter. The Villages chapter, that's yep, right. Yep. And um we have to take the out of it because the villages gets real mad, so we have to make sure that it's villages ducks unlimited <laughs> you know they they, they trademark that name so yeah no but that being said yeah we 
it's kind of a unique chapter in in its own because not very usually you're in a county or you're in a city chapter mm-hmm. you know yeah. orange county or orlando chapter right so we encompass three counties with the villages so it's got a lot of future to it um biggest challenge is you got to build committees you know and people have to handle each part and it's been a huge growing experience for me you know um totally different from my real job um so the fundraising's fun though you know somebody says how do you go out there and ask somebody what are they gonna do say no yeah right (laughs) okay just go the next one you know you have to know that they're gonna say no you know and you got the good and the bad you know the people that hate it you know they they think that you can't they can't do enough i always tell everybody what's your real opinion of ducks unlimited what do you think they should be doing and in retrospect to what they actually do you know um they're not here to fight for the hunter to be when i say fight for the hunter, they're not protecting sta1 and sta three quarters and that that's not their job you know that's not what they started a hundred years ago for yeah conserve land you know they're here to protect the duck yeah they got to give them breeding grounds right you know so that that's what i like you know and the wood duck boxes is a is something that's exciting you know to know that we're being able to do around here and give back you know that I, I, i tell my daughter the same thing you know I didn't learn to get back till I got older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wood ducks, man. That's, that's one of the cool things about being down here in the South is that I think a lot, I think here in the Southeast, especially we tend to take wood ducks for granted as far yeah. as it's a, a duck to hunt, but you go outside of the Southeast and I got, I got buddies that live in like Washington state and like, Oh man, I would just love to come kill a wood duck. And I'm like, Oh, Come on, <laughs> what, we'll, easy, we'll, yeah, easy. Yeah. I'll put you on them. Check. <laughs> what you got to hunt? Exactly. <laughs> they're over, they're over here. Like, man, these mallards and pintails and stuff—they're just so easy to kill. Man, I'd love to come kill a wood duck. I'm like, yeah. Uh, well, let's trade some hunts, man. Yeah. Had my first banded duck in the boat this year with a client. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what what was, was it? A hen. A hen wood duck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. awesome. Early season. We had uh, uh, nice. last year. My cousin brought in a band. Two years ago. Drake, two beautiful bird. Yeah. Was it two years ago now? Yeah, not last season, but the season before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Beautiful it's, band of Drake. Wood that duck. That, and, that duck was not killed in the United States though. <laughs> <laughs> Mexico. Yeah, it's killed in Mexico. Yep, Mexico. And there's a lot more banding that could be done with programs like that. Yeah. With the Wood Duck Box program. and So I actually went out with uh, FWC last year, went out twice, and caught wood ducks. I rode on the, the female, her biologist, the boat, and uh, she would run them down, and I'd just snatch them out of the water. We threw them in a pen in her airboat, mm-hmm. stopped at the end of the night. She clamped bands on them, rode everything down, and I released them. I've yet to do that. <laughs> and say, that man, is we- actually on my list to do. We talked last year. I missed the opportunity when they were running the Lake County one to do that. Um, I actually got my trapper's license to try to take care of this, you know, hybrid situation. A lot of people don't realize, but 
the village area has a lot of hybrids in it. And it no, ain't where, no, it's not where you, you can go. hunt them either. Ex- yeah. Explain that a little further so people understand what you're talking about. Because so we, we here at the has, table know what you're talking about. But. So Florida has its own model duck. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a Florida model. Florida so, mallard. Yeah, and, and we love it. <laughs> but it gets diluted, as you like to say. You have people that farm-raised ducks or, you know, if somebody says, I shot a mallard in Florida. Okay. <laughs> sure you did it does happen but it's i just you don't see like the old as the old days people used to say they used to if you if you're if you're shooting mallards in florida and you're going to spot name you're probably just going to tell me what hole you were on yeah yeah and was did you bring an nine? iron and you had iron <laughs> yeah. what golf course did that lake border That's exactly yeah. and it and it still uh probably was uh, drove here <laughs> yeah but so basically what's happening is is the green head as people like to say it or or whatnot they're breeding with with the model and it dilutes the true model duck that we have so they allow uh, uh to, to trap and you're basically removing those so the villages is an area that we know you have a lot of them because as you said they love golf courses, and if you know anything about the villages, they've got a ton of golf courses mm-hmm. all over the place. <laughs> how are they? How are they getting here now? Are people just bringing them down and releasing them, or now I do believe that FWC it's it's illegal now to release it is mallard ducks. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, but I mean, if they're still that, popping up in the villages, they weren't there always, right? Because the villages wasn't there always. They just repopulated. People people have been buying them as pets or buying them to put on their golf course or the retention pond in their neighborhood because they're pretty ducks. Yeah. Um, and then just releasing them there, and they come and go, leave there, stay there, whatever they want to do. Group of models comes in. Mallard follows it out and follows them out. Mm. Bastards. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And then, I mean, you've got a lot of places all over South Georgia – um, where you can go and pay to hunt mallards, farm mallards, mm-hmm. and they they release banded ducks on their their own you know property bands. But once they they're not homing pigeons, you know, they <laughs> do travel. Yeah, they, they'll go where they want to go if you don't hit them. <laughs> they get to continue flying if you don't hit them. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's not it's not quite like a canned pheasant hunt, you know, where you're doing a tower <laughs> shoot or something like that. No, I guess that makes sense that some of them just eventually wandering south. Yeah, well, it makes mean, sense. They, they do wander south naturally, right? So. Right. Well, even even then, you know, I mean, Jordan went up there and he, he can tell you that even a, a tower shoot pheasant hunt, you know, even if you don't get yeah, all those, yeah. they hang around. <laughs> <laughs> Leftover shooting. Yeah. He was he was yeah, up he in was Alabama this around. year. Yeah. And they, they, there was a a, a rooster One, just running all over the yard from one of the tower shoots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up there at uh, Piney Woods Hunting Lodge at the end of deer season this year, but. Joey, I mean, the real reason we brought Joey in here again is to talk more alligator hunting because it's that time of year it yeah, is first phase is. is first phase draw is open. Uh, well, when is it? When is it close? The sixteenth. So is it still going to be open when this one airs? Uh, it's going to be close. Maybe not. Let me look at my calendar. If not, the second phase to draw is right there. This actually, well, this this episode is coming out the day that the the first phase draw opens. Or closes. 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 Okay. <clears throat> so when does second phase draw open? Uh, almost. Is it almost immediately after? It's pretty close. It it's like maybe a couple of days in it's between. Like, it jumps on. 
you're you're jumping on the leftovers you right. know so what people didn't apply for they're they want to get them out there and get them filled as quick as possible yeah so you've got the first phase um some so let somebody explain these drawing phases how they work and why they do them the way they do that has a better understanding of how that works than me Same well part? about how the drawing works i don't know i'd I know the phases and well, I know the, the reason they're there they draw in phases oh i'm not sure what they do that is that well you, you so you're applying for either your county or your lake specific tag right yeah but people will look and see okay well what gators were killed where and what lakes and that's where i'm going to apply for so you'll have a lot of area that doesn't get you, you know, people didn't put in for them. Right. You know, it's rural area. It's county tags that they weren't very, very successful on. So they just, nobody applies in that area. Well, they know how many gators are in that area that they would prefer to have removed. So that's why they put the number of tags out there that they want them to, to, to try to harvest. So when nobody puts in for those on that initial drawing, that's why you... You know, when when a tag only ha or a, a lake specific has ten tags on it, that's not on phase two. I can guarantee you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not on the second draw. Yeah. <laughs> They've been snatched up. Right. So N nobody's drawing Lake Dexter on on the in the second phase. I can guarantee you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then that's what they're doing. They're, Unless somebody uh, went broke and couldn't pay for it. That might be the only chance you'd have. I don't think so though. Doesn't it whack your credit card right away now when you draw the tag? You're stuck with it. Yeah, but it whacks your card, but then if you don't have like the proper amount in there. They, so like if, if, yeah. there's a lot of people, like I, I put a debit card in there. So if you don't have enough in there, you know, and I, I think, I don't know if think they charge you anyways. I think they just pull the permit. Well, if it doesn't the bank puts the hold on the money. Yeah. So realistically, it's all done electronically now, but your, yeah. your money is gone. Not yeah. gone, but gone. Yeah. You know, if you see available you balance <laughs> and, and uh, spending balance or whatever, exactly. So so that's why they say they got it already. Yeah. You know, what usually ends up happening is somebody's cards changed the date. Yeah. Expired or something. So they got a new code on the back of it. So when they go to run it. Yeah. To, to run it through, it gets oh, yeah. kicked back because oh, of those that's what will happen a lot of times with people when they go to run it their okay. cards so be smart when you put a debit card on or you put one of those cards on it look when it expires i mean think about if you have it on I'm, just regular draft i'm glad you said yeah. that because i think i don't think they're gonna have my card on my new debit card you better watch it you gotta put it in there hold on but i mean Sometimes it's funny because I laugh. The little things sometimes come to a bigger where I ran into a wall than anything. You know, whoever thinks about checking their date on their credit card when that's the one that they put on there. Right. That it expires in six months or in two months or, or whatever it might be. So, again, you've got those leftover tags that are people are applying for and to get them. And then, you know, it's like... <laughs> We still got tags left over. Why? Well, I mean, that could be as simple as it, it's it's the debit card you use forever. It's not expired uh, yet, but you 
you like Jordan and you got to hold the dang thing together when you put it in at anything because it's got a crack down the center of it. No, it's just missing a few corners. Yeah, finally it gives out until you got to get a new one. Well, you don't think about it. Just three days ago, you put those numbers in there where your new car is not the same anymore. Yeah. That's what happened to me. Yeah, they canceled the old one. (laughs) Yeah. And then there you are. You're not getting your gator tags because they can't charge that car anymore. Switch bank accounts, you know, whatever it might be. Get married and... The, the wife has you get rid of your account and take hers, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. And then, and then, you know, again, you, you still have tags that are left over where it's kind of like, if you want them, come get them, right. you know? And that's how people will have multiple tags themselves because they're willing to take it. I just always, it, it amazes me how many people just put in for an area that have no idea what they're putting in for. That's what makes the people who hunt a lot angry, you know, I hear that on the site all the time. You know, I always try to think about things that I always hear on a regular basis on, on uh, uh, Florida Gator hunters to, to, to know when you talk out in public about what can be changed, what can be different, you know, just wake up, man, know what you're putting in for. If it's two and a half, three hour drive to get there, what, you got third week. The Gators have been hunting hard. We got a cold front and a hurricane coming in. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's everything in the world. And then here you are, you're having tag soup, you know. That's one of those things, too, man, you, you don't really think about. I mean, we're talking about Gator season now, and it's May. But it doesn't open until September, August? August. August. And it runs into October. Right, the end of October. Yep. Yeah. So, so you got you, your two weeks in August, your four weeks, and then you know, so two and a half months. You, you that right there, that any time in October is could be one of the most uh, tumultuous weather conditions you could encounter in Florida because this week you could be fighting a Category Three hurricane. The next week there's a cold front coming down. The temperature drops thirty degrees, yeah. you know, you and they go know. dormant. Yeah. You know they're going so far back up in in the thickets that you know you won't find them. Yeah, you, I mean that's you, what happened to me on the last day of the season. That could change this year. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You there never there know. was a couple times, and I'm I want to hear your thoughts on the the 24 hours now that they just passed. But there's a couple times where it was cool in the morning and it was going to warm up and it was 10 o'clock and we're starting to see gators. And we're like, go to the house now. Or, you know, it was a cool, kind of cool. There was no sun. And I'm like, man, as soon as the sun comes out, well, the sun come out at 10 o'clock, you know? Yeah. Um, look in every part, a lot of people may agree when they, if they know me or not agree about this, that they can see in me. But I like to really look at both sides of it and say, okay, there's going to be good and bad in both sides. I don't care how you look at it. If the ultimate goal is for you to put in for a tag, just like, I mean, nobody puts in for a turkey tag not to shoot a turkey. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jim, you didn't go all the way where you went to to not shoot your turkey. I'm assuming we want to see Jake's run across the road. No. <laughs> so that being said is if you look at both sides of it and you say, well, Gators are going to get more pressure and yeah, they might. You, you might be right on that. But in South Florida, 
you don't experience like the guys in North Florida. Yeah. When that cold front comes down through Georgia and, and stops about Lake City and it's 30 degrees and we're dealing with 50, 60, and 70 degrees the rest of the state, those guys don't get a chance and ladies don't get a chance to kill gators as much because they are yeah. dormant. My fear really is people not being educated enough about the meat to know that in the middle of the day when it's hot, you know, you gotta get that thing I gotta get off. that. I gotta kill both my gators in the same day. And hell, a lot of people do. I think the one of the biggest tips I've ever gotten when it came to day hunting in gators actually came off of private land and and guys that do it in other states twenty four hours because you know we follow Mississippi, Louisiana, and South Carolina and the other states that that do have a, a gator seasons and. How many guys don't have coolers in them? Yeah. You know, in their truck. I meant, you got one from me. and <laughs> yeah, I've got one. Yeah. <laughs> you got to So, go eat. I mean, I love my eco coolers, don't get me wrong. But you still could go buy a cheap 110-quart cooler and put the ice in your truck. And I'm going to give you the best tip else that somebody gave me. Go buy U-Haul and Find out if you can buy some of their old shipping blankets. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you need to hold the eye, a tarp works great. Don't get me wrong. Tarps work good. Is But, again, those blankets can hold that coolness into it, too. You keep the tarp they folded up. They, those blankets actually provide a, a form of insulation. Yeah. It does. So, it, yeah. you know, you're, you're it's creating your cooler in your boat. If you want to keep hunting, do that. You know, or do like a lot of us do all right celebrate your day enjoy your what's going but i don't drive two and a half hours to hunt right i put in where i want to hunt at where i feel like have the opportunity to hunt at so the 24 hours i'm i'm actually i'm kind of excited about it because there's been a lot of times you hit that 12 o'clock wall that 11 o'clock wall at night and you're just grinding, you know, and you, anybody that's down at a lot of gators and. <laughs> yeah, man, man, it was not even starting until four in the morning a lot of times. So, you know, funny story. My, my parents had dinner tonight with my grandmother who's getting up in years and my mom and my mother-in-law's up in years. And they mentioned a guy that's. Around Lake County, a lot of people knew knew his name is, and, and I'll say his Barefoot Randall was his name. Never seen a man in my life with shoes. When he went to a wedding, <laughs> he didn't wear shoes. He was one of those guys that knew what a gator could do old, old, long, long time ago. We're talking many years ago. And now he's making some knives, and they're kind of interesting. A guy cut his finger open not too long ago when he asked him if they were sharp and slid his thumb down it. And the Ooh. guy said, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I got rough feet. I know what sharp is. They cut it. So he's killed a lot of gators, and he said to me one day, he, with my dad, he looked at me, and he goes, if you're hunting past 12 o'clock at night, you're just wasting my time. <laughs> So don't waste my time no more. We ain't killing gators past 12 o'clock at night. And I, I, 
you know, I was younger. I didn't think anything about it. You know, and as I, when I really started hunting them, it, you're, you're, you're beating your head against the water. You know, you're propping your eyelids open with <laughs> toothpicks and pretzels yep. that you were eating because the, the lights are killing your eyes. You know, you're like watering, you need eye drops and, and bugs and all. So I think it's going to be fun to, to shut that down and, and know that you've got that other time. Then you come to the homeowner side of it. That's blowing up bad. Oh, they're not real happy about it. If you if you monitor like alligator of Florida or you know, I took my nature walk around Lake Apopka. And <laughs> so here's the thing: I, don't don't I mean, don't get us started on Lake Apopka. I, uh, I'm not going I, there. I've seen that. I I, I can visualize that side of the coin, but. When I go and I think about the places that I pleasure boat during the summertime and stuff like that, when you're actually out on the water during the day, you don't see a lot of alligators in the middle of the day. You see alligators, it, well, it's kind of the same thing. If you're hunting gators past noon, if you start in the morning and you're hunting at noon, don't waste my time. Because after about 10 o'clock, they shut off. But they do start to come back out around 3 in the afternoon. Right. So now you can, but the biggest advantage I see to the 24 hour period is being able to go out and during that midday, maybe find one sunning somewhere on the bank if it's cooler, or be able to put a good stalk and be very selective on a specific gator to follow it, get it somewhere we could get to it, or get into some tighter spots where you definitely don't want to try to run in or out of in the dark. But does that mean now you've opened up the opportunity that? maybe some of these big boys are going to more of the big boys are going to get killed because there are only so many i mean you got to remember 7500 tags <laughs> yeah i don't uh, you know so i and i don't take away from anybody that kills whatever size you feel comfortable in what you're saying but when you open the playing field again every squirrel gets lucky and gets a nut you know in the middle of winter when it's snowing. So that those are fears that people talk about. I guess not fears, but you know, if you call it the social media fear, the people are screaming and hollering, you know, whether it's the guy who makes a living at it or a guy that's taking his family out there that just wants to do it. You know, we all got to work together too. You know, so I mean, how far do you set away from somebody that has bait setting out? Yeah. If I've chased yeah. that gator five times already and you just happen to be setting on bait on him, does that mean I'm going to let him go? But the same thing goes for if you're doing it at night. It's, it's no different. Those same rules would apply day or night. With I mean, that, that, that that's... I don't know. That, that's a common courtesy thing. It is. It's being courtesy to your hunters out there. So right. it doesn't matter the time of the day or anything. I really think weather's going to play a big factor in people not being able to hunt sometimes. And, be, you know, I can't hunt at night because that's the time the storm was coming in. I mean, how many guys say, well, couldn't, I couldn't turkey hunt this year because we had a m- massive tornadoes and stuff that's going through the, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, right there through Ocala and everything. Well, even when before when we could not do 24 hours i still had no no want to be out at night we, we would go from five in the afternoon till 10 o'clock at night we hit the boat ramp four o'clock get the boat in the water 
then go out. Nothing's rigged. Everything's unrigged. We're waiting that last hour. We might motor around, try and find one. We pick one where we may pursue as soon as we hit 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock hits. Rig everything up. Then we start full pursuit on that gator to get that gator. And we'd hunt till, I don't know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. Go back to the ramp, load everything up, go home, go to sleep, come back at 4 in the morning and hunt till 10 in the morning. Because you had the ability, you could see bubble trails. You can see gators at 300 yards with a pair of binoculars and say, that is a sizable gator that I would like to pursue or, mm-hmm. you know, or n- and not waste time on it. It's, it's, uh, time consuming is not the right word. You're not wasting time running down a six footer when you're looking for an eight. Yeah. I mean, again, there's advantages and disadvantages. I mean, people want to see gators, right? You know, and you recreational tag and commercial tags are two different things. You know what we have in Florida? Commercial, commercial. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that when anybody's putting in for a tag that, I mean, not everybody knows that knowledge that you know. Right. Does that make the average person for the last four or five years, that eight years, nine years that's been hunting gators or their whole life, and now they're on social media and all their tags in their area is bought up because... Now everybody wants to buy and kill a gator and they just, and all of it, I don't care whether it's deer, turkey, hog, you know, ducks, the same complaint goes on in all of social media. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the state you're in. It's always the same thing. The only thing that you don't get in some of the states is what just, you know, how many mosquitoes are you going to kill in the middle of December? (laughs) <laughs> in Michigan, Saskatchewan <laughs> where guys around here are still trying to figure out how to fight mosquitoes right duck hunting or deer hunting yeah so you know get educated you know and that's why I started Florida Gator Hunters and Florida Duck Hunters because I wanted people to be more educated that they could ask questions and it's hard also because you get beat up if you ask a question. And I hate to see that. And that's why I try to put those in the rules. Don't bash. Just like everything else. You want people to be able to ask the questions and do that things. But I, I really think it's going to help because of the weather. It's going to balance that out with, with people. Do I think we're going to run into people not having ice? And that was another fear that I heard big thing about. So, yeah. you know, if anything you can ever say, you'll probably see quite a few posts that that I say that. You know, remember to have a backup ice in your trucks or whatever just to be able to to, to cover your thing. But it, it was bound and determined that FWC was going to do this because, remember, they don't put... Remember, if, if all those tags were filled, <laughs> we'd see a big change in our numbers yeah, right. next year. And, and that's... I think sometimes people are like, they're mad that all these tags are issued and they never look at how many are turned back in. Yeah, I turned one in last year. Unfortunately. You know, I know some people that they say they've never turned a tag back in, and I hope they haven't. But unfortunately, most of us have, you know, especially if you limit to what you want. I mean, you don't want to take a meat gator. You've done already meat gators or whatever it might be. You're on, you know, because, again, on the on the social media side of it, which I see so much of, you see the recreational hunter, but you also see people that make a living at this. 
and you know the tuna fishing hunt what is that uh wicked tuna. wicked tuna okay are they mad at the recreational fishermen that's coming out there taking their tuna heck yeah they are they're making a living at it but they're also going that dude called a nice tuna did you see what he caught right they are happy for him and i and i think that's where the blend comes in that you can get on that site because the non-hunters can get help from the guys that have done this for a long time to give you tips, secrets, you know, it, it helped to make Florida you gator better. hunters helped me out last year was my first time gator hunting, and that it helped me out a lot. Well, looking, and, on, I can read and see what other people were doing and, and using to be successful. And you know, there's a really cool search engine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always tell everybody, before you ask the question, just type that same question in the search engine. It's probably been asked yeah. before. But, but that's, and again, that was the platform. That's why I set it up was to get people to be able to ask questions because the gator hunting's bad, but the duck hunting can be even that much worse. And the deer hunting and the, you know, what it, it's kind of funny. I'm on a fishing site that they'll tell you right where the speck are at or, yeah. you know, right where the crappie's at or, and I'm thinking to myself, man, if you did that on a, yeah. thing, on a gator hunting site or a duck hunting site, it's no different, way. Though. It's different yeah. though, because. Why is it though? Well, fish are more <laughs> prolific. And, well, there's a lot of guys that won't share the fishing spot. <laughs> But fish, fish are more prolific, and, and you can have, in theory, 10 boats over a fishing spot, and fish aren't, depending on what they're doing, going to leave. You can't have 10 duck boats in the same hole. They just won't be there, right? Yeah. It's a little different. But does that mean the hole gets fished out, depending on the fish that you're fishing? Yeah, but well, I mean, the thing is, <laughs> yeah. it, it depends on, you know, I could go somewhere and catch a, a, a mess of bluegill today, and tomorrow they're not there. Exactly, because yeah. they were they were there today be, for one specific reason, and now that wherever the reason they were there doesn't no longer exist, therefore they don't exist there anymore. They're somewhere else. Well, why is a you take a big gator out of the uh, area? You've been hunting that area for multiple years, and a new gator shows up that when he got harvested was missing his front leg, right? You know, or toes, or whatever it is you want. Nails are clipped off. He's got an extra extra couple formities on it. They move. They yeah. move around, you know? And so it it was kind of ironic because when it when the 24 hours came up, it hit the activists. You know, when you have somebody I've seen a lot of it on the photography sites and different mm -hmm. stuff that you read and you my wife asked me the other day what are you typing and i'm like it just amazes me how uneducated educated people are <laughs> and and i meant and some of them i know <laughs> because their their mindset on this is you know well you built the house where that gator lived yeah, but that doesn't mean that's the same gator. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and if you weren't feeding it, <laughs> right. it wouldn't come up on your property and that trapper wouldn't have to come get it. So, you know, 
there's, I mean, a trapper can trap all all year long. A private land, you can kill them all year long, 24 hours a day. Uh, You see what I mean is, is you can't kill a turkey at night on private land Mm -hmm. just because it's private land. Right. So they're kind of balancing out the rules in, in some some areas is what you're looking at. Now you cannot shoot a gator with a rifle, you know, two forty three from two hundred yards. Take him out. Yeah, to me, exactly. Now, I, think, I think the way Florida has their setup, I think it's a little more sporting, and it gives the gator a little bit more of a chance than that because i mean it wouldn't be that hard to pop one with a 243 at 200 yards hey it'd be real easy to hang a chicken off a rope yeah with a hook off a tree yeah but again it's two different states it's it's two different so much but there's a there's a difference you're talking the difference in florida and louisiana yeah you're right but people see something on tv and they just assume that that's what happens in florida right yeah no i mean people don't realize a lot of times when you're on these other sites and you'll read stuff that the thing is is they let that bait hang out there with a hook on it no ma'am we don't not here in florida not that you know you can do that in louisiana but you can't do that in florida well then 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 what's that guy hanging right there or what's in the water well, it's a piece of chicken, but it ain't got a hook on it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got it. Hopefully. <laughs> yes, he does. But he's got it connected to him. Mm-hmm. You know, again, in, in other states, you can leave your bait and leave it unattended. You can't do that in Florida. And that's what I say is, is, you know, it's quick to judge somebody who wants to go out and harvest that gator. Well, you can get it at the store, too. Yeah, but yeah. it don't taste the same. And it. It's you know, farm you raised. You, you don't get the story, you know. But, it's the experience. It's yeah. what you got out of it. So we kind of discussed that a little bit last week, but it's important to note again for new gator hunters out there that what you're seeing on swamp people, for the most part, in fact, I'm trying to think of anything I've seen on swamp people that was legal here, snagging gators maybe. That's maybe I've And I say maybe because maybe I've seen that on swamp people. Maybe I haven't. I'm not sure. Uh, but here in Florida, you have to be attended. You have to attend the line at all times, right? You, you can't leave hooks hanging. You can't open water, shoot gators. You can't, can't use a rifle period or a handgun. You have to use a bang stick or a knife. Um, so there, there's a lot of rules here that are different than they are in Louisiana, uh, or any other state. And it's, it's very important that as a new gator hunter, you make sure you fully understand the rules before you go out and, and pursue alligators here. And they put those, um, you know, so like I know Rule King with Gator Pro and some of these other organizations put out those training classes around the state for you to get educated prior to the hunt. And I think that's important if they, it, not only there's some place that I can get my gear, but somebody's going to help me understand some of the basics, right. you know, of what can and, and cannot do. I meant. Not everybody wants to hang a bait off a tree when the, when the big gator that they want or the one they're looking at is in the middle of the lake. What do I get to hunt that? Those are the questions. Those are the things that I thought were cool to be able to have answered. So of all the of all the methods out there now, you know, so you, you can take them with a bow fishing reel. Now you can take them with an air bow. Uh, you can snag them. You can use bait as long as it's attached. You're using a dowel. Uh, a two-inch dowel is attached yep. to your your line to or the boat, fishing line like to that. a rod uh, or 
right. tied to your boat if you're you can snag them yep. of all the methods out there taking gators joey what is your preferred method oh i love to cast even though i can't cast <laughs> <laughs> my buddy's gonna hear that and they're all gonna laugh i i came from non-fishing side you know i'm it's great to me when it comes and if you think it's funny is you ought to put somebody in your boat that knows how to really cast a, a mm-hmm. rod and then put a fishing rod in their hand with a gator hook on it. And they look like the guy that can't fish either. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to throw that lump, though. It is. And there's some tricks I learned and some things that can help people. But that being said, casting is, is cool. I mean, um, any I don't say anybody, but a lot of people can cast a rod with a hook on it on a gator during the day. Try it in pitch black. Oh, yeah. When you're not yeah. running headlamps yeah. and you're not doing anything. <clears throat> so, yeah. And, you know, did the gator go from flat across the water to just his head out of the water hanging straight down? And you go, I know I was right over the top of him when you're reeling that fish or reeling that gator to hook him. And all of a sudden you go, where's he at? And then you realize, because you weren't looking at a... a a side sonar or anything you see his body sitting in the water with his tail hanging straight down yeah. right so smart gator he's been hunted before he knew what he knew he was you know getting real shortening the length of himself a lot right so yeah that's casting it, it's i'm at baiting sometimes that might be the only way you're going to get that particular gator i mean some people say, well, I don't need to bait them. Okay, well, then you're not chasing my gator. <laughs> <laughs> my gator thinks it needs to be baited. <laughs> well, earlier you, you mentioned an airbow, and I assume that an airbow is an air rifle that's shooting a bolt. Have bolt. you not seen these things? Mm-hmm. I have not. Oh, they're wicked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Benj- like Benjamin makes one that's just absolutely wicked. They're, they're shooting not just a bolt, but a lot of times it's almost a, <clears throat> a hollow arrow. And it's sliding over a. The arrow works as a sleeve that slides over the the barrel on the inside. Hmm. And they're slinging an arrow at 400 feet per second, a carbon fiber arrow at 400 feet per second. You're shooting 70, 80 yards. Um, some states, like <clears throat> I do believe Tennessee, it's legal to hunt with an arrow during rifle season, right? Not during bow season, but during rifle season, you can hunt deer with an arrow. Um, it may even be legal here during rifle season, but a lot of states that where you can hunt with an arrow, you just can't hunt with it during bow season. Um, kind of like they used to do with the uh, crossbow, right? Before, mm-hmm. right? But Absolutely. the airbows, I say yeah, Benjamin. Benjamin makes one. It's god awful ugly, if you ask me. But they're pretty cool. And that, that Jordan was talking last week about a guy that had one that he was saying he could get sixty yards accurately out of it shooting a bow fishing setup. Yeah, I was like, man, off that? an air compressor. It's a, the the airbow, the airbow shooting the airbow. Yeah, yes, but, I think those are actually like CO two powered. Yeah, again. If you read, you got kind of two setups. You got a CO2 power, and then you got ones that can be powered. It's kind of funny. Did that guy from the garage build you an airbow right. compressor? <laughs> you know, so yeah, they went high tech, just like, you know, you think about the air rifles, you, you know, what they can do as far as the 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 range they can shoot now and, and what they can penetrate through. So, yeah, I mean... I think we're maybe still a few years away from it being 
something that you hear a lot about because oh, I, again, I, yeah. it, 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 it's going to take a little bit of dollars to to get what you want. Some guys just going to buy it because well, see, it's so, cool here yeah, to have. Yeah. <laughs> the airbows themselves, in terms of like total cost for an airbow, they're really not that expensive. You, you can get it for four to eight hundred. Well, you can get it for a good one. You can bucks. get four to eight hundred dollars. What's got right. some nice setups to it, yeah. but it's going to cost you as much as a crossbow. But that being said. Nobody makes a bow fishing setup for an airbow. You have to specifically you gotta, you gotta come up it. with that thing yourself. So I mean, it's that's some homebrew garage <laughs> stuff that you're you're making into. A, a you got a tether thing. somehow to that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Put a bolt through the bag up and weld it, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think you'd have to do it almost similar to how they're running crossbows, right? You've got to. But if you're shooting an airbow that has a, you're shooting a carbon arrow that's over a sleeve. You, you're uh, the majority of your bow fishing setups are. Um, like a fiberglass arrow that's that's solid. It's not hollow. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be just, it'd be interesting to think about it. I mean, some guys drill through the you you, you pass the, the line passes to the back of the bolt in the front of the bolt, <clears throat> or if you know where they've got a ring, you know, yeah, that can't. Like, I gotta think it's got to be more of the ring thing where you put you you got capture a ring up around you know in front of the nozzle, but your accuracy. You might be able to get that airbow shoot 60 yards, but dragging a rope, you ain't going to be anywhere near where you thought you were. You're still going to have to probably do that. Well, this guy was saying he was getting 60 yards of accuracy out of his bow fishing setup, dragging yeah. rope and everything. No kidding. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, I but is that the same it. rope that you can pull on a gator with? <laughs> well, so I kind of thought the same thing, right? But if, if you're if you're using a buoy setup and you're you're – really securing you that, are it, right? it is uh you're, you're securing it to it just to get him to get another cast a line on him exactly or something like that and yeah. and that's just that's again that's with anything is you know when when we're slinging a rod you know hook out there it's bringing him in where you can get a good snatch hook on him and secure him with something you know harpoon dart you know yeah. and some people want to get the big snatch hook on them first before they get the harpoon dart on them vice versa you know it just it, it depends on who the person is that's hunting it and whatever. But I do think that that's, again, um, I bring this up because, you know, it always comes up a ton of times on the site. Does that mean the person who can't shoot a firearm now is open more for, we've just opened the door to let more people to be able to buy tags? That You know, it still comes down to. You could do that before. FWC because you couldn't have a firearm in a boat. You're right. You couldn't have your because legally, couldn't have your bang stick. Couldn't have your sidearm. You can't. You can't have a bang stick. I mean, if if a person is a convicted felon and you can't have any form of a firearm, it still shoots. A bang stick's not a firearm. I understand it's not. But, well, I'll tell you. I'll but the cop, neither are air rifles. But the but the cop that doesn't know the rule. Yeah, those pe- those are the ones that you're dragged through the mud. You got a charge against you for, and because you were a felon, they looked at your past record and they automatically you were the bad person. Again, I'm talking about what people talk about and what what their concerns are. Again, we already know that a person who was a convicted felon is allowed to gator hunt. They pull it in, they can kill it with a knife. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no firearm that needs to be. But again, now that gives you another option to be able to 
not put a knife in for somebody who does not want to have you snare it, tape it up, and then stick a knife in it. We've talked about folks that keep complaining about the number of tags or that got turned in tags. And Joe, you touched on this that FWC keeps up, you know, does probably a better job than any other organization of monitoring what they suspect the number of alligators are. They set their tag numbers based on how many they think are going to be harvested. <clears throat> so I think you mentioned that. So it doesn't matter whether that other guy killed a gator or not. If we actually increase the efficacy and the harvest numbers rise substantially, they will just make fewer tags. One thing I'm really confident of, and I think we can all agree on it, FWC is not going to maintain a harvest limit that puts the, the American alligator in danger. It just ain't going to happen. Yeah, right? you, you might have one or two seasons, but then, just, then they're really going to lock it down. I mean, they've done it with everything else. The more data they have and they find out, holy cow, there's more... There seems to be fewer trout out there than we thought there were. What happens? Trout limit, right? Shrinks. They need to, and that's the what they're there season. to do is to manage the species. And you know, oh, when that happens, people lose their mind. Oh, and then it's always somebody else's fault. It's not somebody else's fault any more than it's it's not anybody else's fault any more than it is your fault. It's an equal thing. We're a participant. If and you can, took two turkeys instead of one turkey, does that mean it's your fault more? No, I took what I was allowed to take. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, when perception. they allowed captains to, you know, fish an extra redfish right. <laughs> yeah. for their client, were they bad? I mean, if if you and a client go out and both of you can kill a turkey or catch a redfish, it's why I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm doing what I'm legally allowed to do. Right. Yeah. You can't complain about that. And in, in, in then so we know they're issuing those tags because, again, balanced population yeah you know and they're not taking more than they need to right no but i was on a i was on one of the tag groups um a couple weeks ago and someone who is opposed to our way of lifestyle came out and uh, she's very vocal in seminole county and said that um, the problem is that human beings have exceeded the carrying capacity that was her argument that, you know, but I'm like, you, you live in Seminole County. If you genuinely believe that the, the I didn't say it on the call because you, know, you want to keep the peace, but, you know, some of the guys in our texting were kind of saying the same thing. If you really believe that the human beings have exceeded the carrying capacity, the best thing you can do, haul your ass out of Florida. Yeah. Right. But so what I'm, I'm using that as an example that we all have this emotional bias and, Anytime we're upset, we tend to separate ourselves from the consequence or set ourselves from being part of the the issue, right? She was, how do you say that? You've been sure this a lot from everybody. It's like, oh, there's too many people in Florida. And, I, and I've, 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 I've said the same thing, and we can make arguments about that. But if you really believe that the species, whatever it is, or whatever cause, or land, or whatever it is, if you really believe there are too many things, too many people in Florida, until you're saying that after you've left, your opinion's unvalid. And I don't care how many generations have been here. I got five, right? Actually, it might be six now that I think about it. Um, yet I wasn't born here. So does that mean that somebody else, because I happen to be born in New York, even though I can go back five generations in Florida, um, does that also mean I'm, I'm, I'm not the same, right? So who, it doesn't matter, you know? And, and 
I just I'm using that as uh, as just these examples that we we all get caught up in this stuff instead of taking a look at the bigger picture. So it doesn't matter how many tags there are. It doesn't matter what the harvest rate is. If you want to kill more alligators or if you want to kill more deer or if you want to kill more ducks or if you're worried about the number of duck hunters, the answer is always work harder. Mm-hmm. That's the way, that's just, that's true in everything in life. You know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to go out with a feller who's taken me out duck hunting a couple of times and we never seem to have a problem finding a place to hunt. Problem is we get the ramp at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> now, every time we go out, somebody else wants to hunt where we are. The problem so, yeah, is we're there first. Really good. And yeah. the answer is why? Guy I go out with? Work harder. Work harder. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to beat this man in the boat ramp. <laughs> and man, if there's if there's another car in the boat ramp, oh my God, it's a full-blown panic. <laughs> right? <laughs> 22 spots on the lake, but that guy's going to go to our hole. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Briar, by the way. So, when you, well, I mean, when you I find a good hole, you issue. find a good hole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't see a problem in that. <laughs> oh, I've been known to sleep in the boat, uh, Joey. I say, I say, yeah, we've been known to sleep in the boat a time or two. Uh, right. I, well, you know, you could, you still could run into the guy that if we did get out there and he saw that we were there and got all pissed off, you hear about it in deer hunting all the time. You, you, you got out there, you got out there early and a guy comes out late, you try to shine him off and he's like, I don't care, I'm going to sit here anyway. I mean, if that happens, that happens. There's always jerks in the world. Um, but that's when you just join his hunt. You know, yeah, but more I, I, more people aren't. More people are not jerks than are. Uh so yeah. I mean, I really believe that there's. We, we're kind of lucky because you know it's like I said. I know if I've made a post on either one of my groups that I'm broke down at four o'clock in the morning. Somebody's coming. To somebody's you. gonna know somebody. Right. And it's happened many a times. I've seen a post, somebody's broke down and, and been able to rescue somebody in that. But, I, Jim, I agree with you on that is no matter what the number is, we're going to kill what's going to allow in that. I just think that when there's questions of, again, I see the side from the hunter, but I also see the side from the people because I have a lot of people that are non-hunters in my family. You know, they don't understand what we do. So I think they need to be educated just as much that, you know, we're not slaughtering out there. We're not taking more than number that's needed because so many of people think that. Well, yeah, but you always have people that are going to take an emotional position. That's just the way in life. You, you, and it's usually not just over one issue. They've taken an emotional position and no matter how much information counter to that emotional position is presented to them they won't change well when you run into one of those people why try it's frustrating because they get to vote and they put their their opinion on facebook seems to be as valid as a biologist's opinion right that's something like i think as a society we need to get away from that well you know everybody is entitled to their opinion that doesn't mean their opinion is right so Yes, we fight it. The only people, but I think we're on the. I know we're on the same side of this. We do. It's nice when somebody has a preformed thought about hunters or how we do things. Then you find out that they're completely unaware that there's a season that you can't just wander out on Tuesday in July and harvest deer. There's there's people that don't know that. 
And when you explain it to them, they're like, oh. And then when you explain that there's even rules around when you can use a bow or when you can use a firearm or where you can use it in some cases, and that there's a process to even be allowed to hunt a certain species that you might not be lucky enough to get, you know, all that starts to make sense. And then, you know, one of the great things is when, when people have the, the epiphany, cause they don't know when you get to tell the, um, the story about like why we even have ducks or why there is so much wild game. Or when you take a look at all the different species that were almost gone, but which ones have recovered? It's almost always the game species, right? Because yeah. things like Pittman Robertson and, and the duck stamp. You know, it's interesting. I was looking at the Ducks Unlimited. Everybody talks about the duck stamp. Ducks Unlimited was first. Ducks really? Unlimited was founded before the duck stamp came out. And then after that was Pittman Robertson. So it's kind of funny if you kind of, the idea of conserving ducks through Ducks Unlimited, it's like either by, it might even be in the same year, but Ducks Unlimited was first. Right. And I assume that uh, Dick Dar- Darling. Ding Darling. Ding Darling. Ding Darling. I'm assuming he was a Ducks Unlimited feller. But I don't know, just being able to educate people, that's wonderful to see him have that epiphany. But the person that just wants to say, nope, I don't care. You're bloodthirsty killers, especially if they're eating chicken nuggets. Yes. <laughs> you know, what the waste your time? I, I, I love the comment. I just got to say this. I, I actually read this on the site, and it shows up so many times. You can buy that at Publix, you know. <laughs> I, I can't get no wood duck at Publix. They will show <laughs> you a picture where it says wood duck at Publix. So, so what? What's the difference? Right. That's why I say is so now you're now you just are you saying that to the same person who raises chickens and uses their eggs because they don't want to use the eggs that they buy at Walmart or Publix or Winn-Dixie or wherever it is again what what makes that person any more right than the person who wants to go out and harvest a hog grind it up make sausage out of it alligator grind it up make sausage out of it cook whatever it is and feed their family with that no i don't <laughs> it is amazing that we are that bad too because that's what we like to do <laughs> the person that says hey you can get that at Publix," that's the same guy that drives up to somebody jogging down the road tell them they can get, you know, get hey, there you faster gotta... by driving yeah exactly <laughs> they're just like there's that person so i mean when you... that's the whole point those are the people they yes they have a voice and it may annoy you they really don't count. They do kind of vote in boost, but I'm saying that their opinion, it, it doesn't matter. Just ignore it. It doesn't count. It, it's not viable. You know, I mean, I like to read and stuff, but if I was actually, if I went over to, you know, some some lab where they're building atomic bombs, right? And they get to listen to my opinion about what, what they ought to be doing with uranium? No. Right? <laughs> it's like, so why, why are you going to listen to that person who tells you that there's, Wood ducks of public. So what? You know, I don't know. It's, Going to public. <clears throat> look, I got to go to work to get that wood duck at Publix. The other way is a whole lot more fun. Yeah, really. <laughs> you actually get to miss work, for but, that. It, yeah, but it's a whole right? lot more. Work. I'm calling in sick to do <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah, really. So what I wanted to point out is you talked about how the regulations behind hunting. A lot of people don't realize that hunting, even in its most basic form, like 
squirrel hunting uh, would probably be the uh, of all the hunting species that I can think of where they we consider them like a, a game species. Squirrels have got to be the most loosely regulated, right? And the, hallelujah. The, the further you work up the chain, the, the more stringent the regulations get. Uh, you get into ducks and or migratory birds in general. Oh my lord, you know. But what some people, something even to the most basic form, even for squirrels, no matter what state you're in, before you can even buy a hunting license, you have to take a hunter safety course. Yep. Unless you're an old man. Yeah, unless you were born for what was yeah. it? Me and Joey, seventy grandfather did. Yeah, seventy something. Though I do, I, I've taken it though. I, 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 I do I, advocate everybody to get a hunter safety course. If you are in the predicament where you can't get one, you can still buy a hunting license, but you have to be accompanied. You have to buy an apprentice license. Yeah. And you have to be accompanied by someone yeah. who is over the age of 21 and has a hunter safety course. I've taken a hunter safety course twice now, and I'm sure I'll take it a third and a fourth time with both my kids. So if you're grandfathered in, you don't count as that person that can be there with you. No, you do. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Uh, it, I mean, it, but we're rapidly, it, it's like we said, it's like 72 or 73, maybe even 74. The majority, we're, we're coming in the next generation of hunters where in the next 20 to 30 years, you're like, yeah, my, my great grandpa, uh, he was born before 74. He didn't have to have hunter safety. You know, yeah. it, it's just because we were inherently born with common sense back then. And yeah. Yeah. Man yeah. Prowess <laughs> and we taught one another how to do things right. Right. We just have to have it now because y'all were too wild and they decided they need to start regulating it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You mean I can't carry that salt off shotgun in my truck, officer? <laughs> I do think, though, on the on the gator side of it, that with the 24-hour change, and I think that it will help. I'm glad for it. I think also the... I guess what, I guess what I liked about was the communication this year. Right. Because when that rule change came out about this, there was a lot of people that communicated about it. A lot of times other things happen with, with gator seasons or another season where they're going to open up area to hunt or not. You didn't get a lot of feedback. And they got a lot of feedback. FWC got a lot of feedback on that. So I think that was really good that they got it out there. That's the one thing I think is the the knowledge, again, goes back to – if, if there is one good thing about social media is it can help get the knowledge out there that people need to know to be educated on it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm wrong to think this way too. When it, when it first was talking about going through when it actually went through, I felt like if they're given the same amount of tags and they're giving you a longer period of time, shouldn't theoretically, shouldn't it take pressure off the gators? I, I think <laughs> uh, they take it off or spread it out. Yeah. yeah it spreads it out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. They look; those things didn't live for how many gazillion years yeah. in the fossil record because they're all stupid and can't survive. Yeah, I mean, we did. I, I, I guess to your point, there is a point where if mankind is left completely off the chain and we're just out there whacking them because we think, yeah, you know, there's a time where people used to shoot them and just leave them, right? Because they're a lot of work to eat and they're not elk, you know. What I mean, yeah. so, but but they make a damn fine boudin. <laughs> they, do. they make a nice uh, gun holster too but let me give you the other side of it so think about it this way how many times does a water skier somebody on a casual boat ride or a fisherman go by that gator during the day 
Yeah. So how much more pressure is he or she getting? Right. You know, depending on what you harvest. But so so think about it this way is if 25% of the hunters that pull a tag this year don't hunt four hours less in the middle of the night, you think that gator gets less pressure or more pressure? I say it gets a lot less, less pressure because think about it this way. You can drive up to a gator right now at night, even with some lights on him, and he don't do much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the right there now. right next to your boat. Right <laughs> after about week one. Yeah. <laughs> whole another story. Whole another story, right? They're, so so that light pressure, yeah. you know, um, Nick Odom made a great comment, and that's somebody that's so knowledgeable and really knows how to read a gate and understand. And that was one of the points that he made on that one right there was, is, you know, one of the biggest tips I've learned was shut your light off. Yeah. Shut your lights off, man. <laughs> he was just there. <laughs> You're 200 yards away. Shut it off. You don't need to drive into him with a 100-watt power beam. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, but almost everybody figures that out pretty quick, that you just need a, a red hemp headlamp that's just bright enough. But they can't see him far can, away. But you just, man, if you turn your lights off and let your, I mean, it takes several minutes. You, you, that gator's over there. You turn your lights off. Let your eyes adjust where you can start to see around in the boat just by the starlight. And then take that red headlamp and you kind of got to wander your head around a little bit. And you'll pick up all of a sudden that little red glow out there. I got him. Off goes the thing. Creep, 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 creep. Turn the red headlamp on a little bit. And man, they're nowhere near spooky. But right, if you go in there with the cube, blam. Right. <laughs> See, but yeah. now you were just talking about somebody that's hunted gators before that somebody gave him some education. But when you went to Walmart the week before and you bought the three pack of it, of lights, and it's got the red light on it, and you're you know you look like a strobe light out there because you're turning yeah, it I'm on, trying to get over to it. Yeah, and and the guy's like, "Turn the light off, dude. Turn it off. We don't need it on." But that's where I say is is you know. Is your light strong enough? You're running a bunch of lights where they can see you. Well, you you know, I meant put it up real high above his eyes. See, it's barely putting any glare on his eyes. You don't right. need to put that spot beam right in the middle of his eyeball. He's not going to stand there like the deer. Yeah. <laughs> right. no, no. Yeah. You know, or the raccoon in the middle of the road. It just, I mean, that's knowledge. And people don't know that when they're just, their buddy says to them, Man, that looks cool. I think we could kill a gator this year. And they put in that tag, and it eats up these tags for guys that say, and I'm waiting. You could do a whole podcast on this one because it falls into every sport, and y'all might have done something about it, but is the out-of-staters. But we just talked about, it doesn't eat up the tags. If, if, if all of a sudden everybody that bought the tag had Joey Lyons' experience and efficacy at killing gators, there'd be one-third of the tags. Yeah, but I mean, I know a guy, and man, he used to just get mad. He said, you're standing there fishing on a dock, and the guy pulls up to you, and he's from North Carolina, and he's put in four years in a row and ain't drawn. He's mad about that. They put out 7,500 tags, and, and I didn't get a tag. Yeah, but now I will ask, always ask him then, well, where'd you put in at? Like Dexter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, 
They give out 20 tags in this one spot night draw in 10 years. Guess up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, did you do any research? Did you expand out there? Did you, you know, and that, and that's why I always say is some of the most common complaints, you can ask some of the most common questions and you'll figure out that that's just the person that's on social media complaining because he did exactly there. He's been putting in for Dexter for three years and I know, you know, let's not call out Dexter because there ain't been very big gators taken off of Dexter. You well, know? So, let me go back to that. All right. I put in, I put in for Maine Moose every year. I don't expect to draw. I keep putting it, but I mean, it's not like, it's not like the first time that I put in for Maine Moose. I really thought that I was going to draw in the first year. I got, five four points i got four or five points just in seminole forest i think i mean out, out in wyoming some of the units that i apply for for antelope i mean i've drawn doe tags but i mean well I even say like you're you're not going to get this unit unless you've got five points or greater right and there's point creep things but it's like why we, do i need we, a point we all we all need. We all know these things. Well, we can. We can. We could argue the whole whether we should have points or not. I understand that. That's a whole different thing. But right now, if you said, "All right, I want to go have my best chance," say to draw. I just. I just want to hunt elk. I, I'm just leaving it that broad. I just want to. I want to be able to walk around the woods and legitimately hunt elk. Now, none of us are big elk hunters, but I, but we can all guess. What state would probably give you the best opportunity to say that you could legally hunt out? Colorado. Colorado. Bingo. And, and it's what season? The bow season. Bingo. You, you mean any one of us can get that. And then you probably can also name a state where at this point it's almost like forget about it, right? Just New South. Mexico. Uh, no, New Mexico. Actually, New Mexico's got good odds because they don't do points. Arizona. Mm. Arizona. Like, Arizona. Okay. Places in Arizona where we can't. We Certainly Joey and I, we could apply every year. We're just wasting our time. Right. But we know. So you can gripe about it, but why spend the mental energy on it? Go hunt somewhere else. And well, most of those guys go hunt harder. I understand. He said, "Well, it's not fair. I've only got a week, and I really want to hunt that monster bull in Arizona." Tough shit. Go hunt a cow. Go hunt whatever you can get a hold of. Right? Oh, it's too expensive. Save longer. I mean, it can all be done. It's just. Why waste the energy whining about it, man? Just move on, and, and if you got an objective, figure how to get to your objective. That's it. I mean, it's the same in hunting. It's the same in business. It's the same with your family. I don't know why we spend all this time. I'm tired of hearing, listening to people talk about how bad it is because it ain't bad. It's awesome, right? Just go figure it out, man. And you're not gonna. And that's not always gonna go your way. Even if you draw the tags, it doesn't go your way, right? So but the you, awesome people aren't talking. It's all the ones that. I mean, if you look at it from running on, on, on the social media side, I mean, that, that's what it is. Yeah. The guys that are excited and, you know, they had a good hunt or they, they didn't have good tags, but they had a great hunt. They're the ones that just didn't share that story. Well, I mean, and, and that, and again, that's why I did that was because I want that person to be able to do it because if not, then it's, it's everybody just complaining how bad it is. We, we and had, it's not. We had Captain McNutt in here speaking to Elk just a, a couple months ago with the Captain Goes West, and he picked up his bow, went out to Colorado, and shot a bull. And then participated in a sheep hunt and just had the time of his life out there on the side of that mountain. Yeah. And Will McNutt, when you heard his story, he killed a bull in an area that was so hard to get in 
most people just showed up to look down on not them. not difficult to like be allowed to be there to hunt but difficult as far as terrain and ability to access the area on foot yeah so yeah. Th- what it, what it, will mcnutt killed the bull because he was willing to work harder exactly yeah you know everybody knew they're there people right. come down with binoculars to watch them snapping pictures holy crap a hunter managed to get in there yeah right and and well, some of the guys were getting there repelled in yeah i mean all right i'm a fat guy i'm never i'm never i'm never gonna hunt in there most likely unless i really dedicate myself you know it's just not gonna happen i ain't gonna try i'll go somewhere else right right i've never applied out of a state to, for anything so it wouldn't matter I, you know, I wonder. I wonder if it's harder to draw elk tags in Arizona or Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky. I was actually going to say when you said you Arizona, know? I was thinking Kentucky because that's <laughs> that's. I mean, in there in Ohio, don't they kill? Is Ohio they, also? Uh, I don't know. Actually, no. I think no. I think they did just open a season. Ohio or Virginia? I, I know there, there was, was a new one that just, was open up yeah. that was going to compete. No, this was. I just remember somebody saying it was going to be really hard to get a tag. But they're, you know? they're hunting on that, that Cades Cove herd. And Kentucky, of the like four four to six tags, something like that, they, get every, they give out every year, they kill some absolute studs out of there. I bet. Yeah. Three, four hundred inch bulls. Just <laughs> absolute studs coming out of there. Well, that's like going into Lake Apopka. Someone's saying, okay, we're going to give you four tags in a Lake, Lake Apopka. Done in four two studs. days, yeah. and you ain't Done pulling anything night. under eleven. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you barely got to leave the boat rig, man. Can can I walk down the levee wall, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Just wad up bread into balls and throw it out there. They come right to you. I got a shopping cart. <laughs> we'll wheel him out of here. So, but I, yeah, I've never put in for an out of state. I barely put in to hunt an STA or Broadmoor or. Uh, sandbar deer and gator hunts are the only thing I, I've never even applied on a turkey hunt. You, I just believe that you can kill them where you don't need a permit. Now, does now some people, you know, I know a couple people that will probably dog me for saying that, but I just. But you got to work harder. That's right. You well, do. Like, if you want to go, it's, it's funny. I hear people bitch all the time about they can't figure out FWC site. Just, just go to New Mexico. Go, go to Arizona. I mean, it's it's almost like having to read another language. You I think they far. intentionally make them that hard. You I know. say you don't have to go that far. Go to Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> look at Georgia's site. It's, it's trying to use Georgia's app. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I've got no problem with it. But I mean, no, it's it's really because it's not. Well, it's, you don't just you don't just apply for a tag. You have to apply for an area. And like I said, and then there is points or whereas there are not points. Right. And it, it's, it's, it's a lot more complicated. Right. I guess you, you, it's probably not that complicated to just say, if you keep pushing enough buttons, eventually you'll buy a tag. But you know, you ended up buying a tag where 99.3% of the land is private. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Yeah. Unless you're willing to go out and pony up the big bucks. You just, you just, so what? Oh, that's why there was all those tags available, right? It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, and it is a lot harder, but it all, it can all be overcome. And Joey, I would seriously encourage you, man, go, go apply someplace. Go, go put in for 
go buy a go apply for a buck in Wyoming or New Mexico and also put in for the doe tags. You probably you have a lot better chance of drawing the doe tags and you don't know diddly about it. Just go. Right? It's it change your life, man. And it ain't that expensive. It's expensive in terms of time, but it's not expensive in terms of money. As as much as I love duck hunting, I'm I'm the same way when it comes to duck hunting. You know, we talked on the phone the other day, and one of the first things I said to you was, "Freelance it." Well, what what? Well, I would that freelance was, it. That's I'm trying to convince these guys to freelance it. They don't want it, but no, <laughs> no. But I, I, that's kind of the way. It's, you know, we all put our money into different things. You know, we, we find justifications to spend it on this, this, and this, and this, and this. And as much as I love to do hunting, I always said, the funds that I put towards hunting is all the funds that does not need to go to the family. You know, whether it's the horses or the dogs or the wife or the child and, you know, those kind of things. So... And so many other people are like that. You know, they're, they're hand down decoys or they're hand down the bang stick that they're using that somebody else had because they don't have any gear. Sometimes that ends up having the better memory too. Yeah. Because of that, you know. Then I just went in to, to go kill something and, you know, people say, well, I got to learn how to do it first. If I'm going to go to another state, that's exactly the way I'm going to do it. If it's the first time I'm hunting gator tags, I kind of want to get, you know, familiar with it. And that's why I encourage more people to do that. Maybe not on a guided hunt, but get somebody that's done it. That can at least give you the, what do I need? Oh, I got to have hooks. I mean, most of the people go in and buy a gator tag, don't even understand how much it costs to get their gear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a surprise for me when I was younger. But, you know, hold on. There's DIY and there's DIY. The thing that we just did in New Mexico, because well, you went out with a guide. The hell I did. He's not a he's not a turkey guide. He's an elk guide. Caleb knows about as much about turkeys. He knows about rocket science, man. But again, as I stated earlier, we'd have been Roman and I would have been fine a couple of those days. You know, you, you're out there running around all morning. And it gets to be about eleven o'clock. You're like, eh, let's go take a nap. Uh-uh. <laughs> no that's not caleb man to, to work harder like there's no doubt like um if i if i do draw an elk tag and say it's a private land thing we kind of got to go with a guide no, i'll go with caleb because yeah. just did you i know he's never gonna mail it in he may kill me yeah. but it's not you know I, I love that about him but it was, the whole point was there are ways to go out and not use a guide but not just have to stumble along blindly. And, and you know, you can go out to, I was talking, when I was talking about antelope, I mean, basically as long as you're willing to walk, that's kind of all you need. I mean, do your homework. I mean, I'll tell people, man, you go out to Western Wyoming, there's more antelope than there anywhere else. People say, Oh my God, you're spot naming. You can say, where are most antelope in Google? Boom, they're going to tell you Western Wyoming, right? And then, and that's also part of the reason why it's hard to draw a tag there because it's common information. But you can go, and it, it, well, it's going to take me years. Ah, how many times do you want to go around the circular logic, man? Right. If you you can 
put in for antelope here, put in for antelope there, put in for mildew here, put in for Florida. I mean, I put in for Florida public land every year. Now, I don't, I don't go hunt green swamp with everybody else, but you know where I put in. I said it on the podcast. I put in the places that I want to do it, but I don't whine when I don't get it. I just go someplace else, right? And, and last year, you were nice enough to take me to Rock Springs. It turned out that I got lucky, right? Killed your doe. But <laughs> thank you very much. Have you eaten the half I made for you? I mean, I, so, I've eaten a lot of it, yeah. yeah. And I'm sorry because I don't want to be down on anybody. But some of the guys that I met through BHA, um, like Keith, right? And Keith, you know, Keith O'Hara, who, who may very well listen to this podcast. First time I ran into Keith, never saw him before. All of a sudden, he shows up around a fire to go hunt squirrels. And I didn't even, and so I turned around, so it was like Keith like, popped up out of the ground. I was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> hello. Let me talk. And, and he goes off on his own. And then uh, a couple weeks later, we had a, a combination um, snipe and quail hunt clear down in um, three lakes. And we went in, and somehow Keith got his directions mixed up. Couldn't get into the WA, so he, he, he hopped the fence legally, right? It was You can walk through, but you can't. You couldn't drive in. And this dude hiked like five miles in. And we ran into him in the end of the day. And he's just out there wandering around alone. No clue. Just trying to find birds. Doesn't know where to look. Doesn't know how to hunt them. Doesn't have a dog. Just grinding. Right? He's trying to figure out ducks. He's not, I mean. He damn near gave himself hypothermia last He year. damn near yeah. killed himself yeah. in one of the lakes around here. He got in real trouble, man. He was in a thick lake. His boat got swamped in the wind. And, and he, he, his waders filled up. He couldn't touch bottom. He couldn't get enough purchase. The, the, the reeds were just so thick he couldn't get out. So he had to call his, called his girlfriend and he called and had, I don't know why he couldn't call 911. Probably because his brain wasn't working at that point. But this is a guy that Tim near killed himself. All, and he'll ask for help. But when he's got an opportunity to go, the first thing he does is go. Right. He doesn't complain that. It's hard. He doesn't complain that he doesn't have a motorized boat. He doesn't complain that he doesn't. He, somebody said there's stuff I can get in the woods. I'm going to look for it. Right. Man, I don't know. I love that guy. He and, did tell uh, me this year, though. It, he said he thinks it's time for a four-wheel drive. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went and pulled him out. There, yeah. Hey, I told people to start with a kayak if you had to. Yeah, when he I did. First, when I, I first started, <laughs> when I got back, in, when I actually got back into duck hunting, I, I didn't want to spend anything on duck hunting to buy a boat, do any of that. I said to my wife, "I'm like, I got a trolling motor and I got a lot of ringnecks in that lake. I'm not worried about it." <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what I did for a year. And then I bought a motor for it, and then I bought the next boat, the next boat, and. Now I got my dream boat. <laughs> <laughs> that prodigy's nice though. They make a stout boat. Yeah. I'm I'm real I'm really impressed with it. We'll see uh I mean just like everything's got got some pros and cons. Yeah. I seen you out there getting some frogs. We got a few. We're, yeah. we're uh stocking up for that DU event though. Oh cool. Uh, a lot of people think like, oh man, you're gonna be eating a lot of frogs. No. They'll go through 20 some pounds of frogs for that uh thursday night wild game cookout that they're having so when is this next friday <sighs> darn 
Crystal River. Swanee River. Yeah. I'll be eating her own wild game cookout. Remember? Yeah. You wanted me to come up the river with you guys, and I told you I would love to, but... Oh, that's the big thing over on the, to, on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, at, I wanted uh, to go plan, to that, At but. Plantation. So, last year we were in Daytona, and, and we're coming back over to Plantation. This is They've had it here multiple years, and it's pretty cool. A lot of guys get to fish and do a lot of that over there, and so back at plantation so i'll go ahead and clarify when you say next friday by the time you hear this that'll have been the last friday yeah yeah we'll be past it yeah the fort or um because this will come out on the 14 15 16th yeah Yeah. i think it's now the frog hunters be like damn that joey out there killing my frogs and feeding them (laughs) fellers at ducks unlimited i don't go kill their ducks yeah can tell you there weren't too many of them carried in this zip code <laughs> we exited this zip code but now that was we did we we did real well on some some big bullfrogs and i i was amazed on the size of some of yeah, them y'all when, had when some you, big ones y'all had some good size ones yeah we pulled some you know 14 15 inch i'm just giant ones you know i took a small ziploc bag and I said to my wife, I'm like, she's got she's got to have that digital scale for all the horse supplements and stuff mm-hmm. that they have to take and measure. And I'm like, that thing got pounds on it. I want to measure me some frog leg weight. <laughs> you know, call Cisco up and find out how much it is for 20 pounds of frog legs, right? You know, and, <laughs> and check these out. And look in that bag, and I'm like, honey, there's like two and a half pounds of frogs in there. And she looked at it, and she's like, Look at the legs on those things. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we definitely, uh, we got a few last night. Went and tried to do a little fishing and took a buddy out. But it wasn't a one of those nights we normally were going out for frogs because that's a fun night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. You do all kinds of things, though, man. You're, you're, uh, you're whacking um, sheephead with a gig, yep. gig and flounder. Hunting ducks. Yeah. You chase deer at all? Limited. Somebody said to me one time, how come you don't deer hunt? I said, because they put it in duck season. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, my, my antelope idea, you hunt them things early October. Um, yeah. Uh, so one of my buddies, he uh, he has uh, fish gigging trips. And when he's not on guided trips, he'll call me up and say, hey, man, let's. Let's go out and get some sheephead and drum. And I've actually taken my one of my gator harpoons, and we went out because the drum were so big. <laughs> we tried to – serious story, man. We're, we're out there, and we're looking, and, we're, and we both look up. And, you know, they say the old deer in the headlights, that's what we look like when we seen that drum. And we're like, ding. <laughs> and uh, he's like, uh, get your gig ready. We, you know, we're, we're going to double gig him. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself. I know we got some pretty bad gigs, but we better be in real good sync to get this thing out of the water. Because once you stick it one time, we're going to have to hit him both at the same time. He's going to go crazy. And uh, we couldn't get him in the boat. (laughs) So I decided that it was. So we actually brought one of my harpoons with the dart on it with a small buoy on it. And uh, 1230 at night, it laying up on just less than two feet of water and we popped him and we popped him we were able to pull the buoy into him enough and again you try just like you see where people is you hit them right 
you know, where you know that they're just not going to suffer long and you're going to be able to get to them. Sure enough, we roll right in there and put him on the boat, Stole you know, and, and uh, worm free and everything. Man, that big, I was actually quite surprised because he was 20, like 22, 23 pounds, something Good like that. Geez. Yeah, he was a big boy. No so, worms, huh? No. I mean, it was, my buddy said, we're going to get this one to the fish lady that really likes drum. And I said, okay, why? He said, because it's going to have worms all in it. Again, I don't know a whole lot about fishing, so I was like, okay, sure. So I said to him a couple of days later, I'm like, uh, how'd the fish lady say the worms were? He said, she said there wasn't any in it. I was like, okay. Man, it doesn't even matter if they are. Whatever those worms are, when you open them up. Seasonal. Um, well, they, <laughs> Protein. They, they, they're pretty gnarly, man. They're like as big as round as a straw. But yeah. They yeah. eat a cavity into the meat that, I mean, you just pull it out and it's just a cavity. Right. Um, I mean, admittedly, just, I don't know, I cut around a little bit too, but I sure as heck don't take these big swaths and, and everything you look up, they're completely harmless. Right. And apparently they don't even seem to affect the fish that much. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you kill those big old black drum like that, one of the, I didn't know this, figured out the hard way, sucks to fry them. But man, there is nothing better to use than that big, thick, heavy drumstick and something like a court bouillon or a, a seafood gumbo, man, it just holds up. But frying, it doesn't crush all that. Yeah, it's that outer side just kind of holds it together. I always call it like a, you know, rubber rubber seal around it. <laughs> yeah, but if, if, <laughs> just kind of lock the fish meat into it. If you're not going to use it in something like that, in, in my opinion, it's just I won't take them. Like if I've got plenty of, if I got like things like, and I'll, I'll take shark and. Um, and other stuff, you know, if we're up in the panhandle, if I've already got that in the freezer and I get lucky to hook into one of those, you know, those big breeders, I just let them go. They're a hell of a lot of fun to fight, but, uh, and I'm not, but, but I'm not telling you not to kill them. Right. Oh, I'm by all my means, we, that, that, that's one, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, you know, it, it's fun, but it's not something you want to, because again, I'm the same way. Can we eat it? You asked one of my buddies, that's what I asked him. He's like, we're going fishing. I'm like, can we eat it? Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, it's funny as I say that. If I was fishing like you were fishing, though, and you got a chance to shank in one of them big old bosses, I'm firing away 10 out of 10 times. I'm not going to sit there, oh, I got too much shark in the hook. It's different. If I could let it go. I mean, what are you out there to do, man? You're out there to shank fish. Hey, same thing I say in a, in a gator. You know, some guys are like, hmm. You know, you're stressing the gator out and he's going to go out and die or whatever. Right. How, how do you how do you know what it's like? I mean, how's a kid know what it's like to hook a gator? Boy, you yeah. ever seen them gators whoop up on each other? You're not putting that. But yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, the lactic acid's getting going yeah, crazy yeah. in the gator and stressing him out. And he. Again, that ain't happening when he's fighting another gator? Again. A lot of stuff you'll hear me say, these come from comments. These are right. exactly that you read and, and, and you experience people that just don't think about what the what they say before they say it. So I always say, as my daughter says this year, this is she's 15. She's had multiple opportunities to go gator hunting. A couple of times she couldn't make the grade, so she didn't get to go. But <laughs> that being said, she's going this year. One of the first things I'm going to do is have her experience, you know, you, I mean, 
hook a 10 foot gator and throw the rod in her hand and say succeed or fail no you know i'm just that's that's not what you do at least let them have an understanding that you know what it feels like to you know know what they can do so i think that's this year that's what i'm really looking forward to is getting my girl in the boat you guys about ready for the tip of the week yeah i guess i mean i'm not ready but i'm ready oh i I got one i I can start this one off good uh we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier but uh when when it comes to getting a gator in the boat like that the the first hook is is great the second hook is better and the third hook is where you really want to be get i mean get as many lines attached to that sucker as possible so that you know yep. you can get it into the boat so it looks like spaghetti when you get him in there because it's all yeah. wrapped up right yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I got one. I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, before you apply for something, do your research on it or something. Because like Joey was saying earlier, there's a lot of people that apply for lakes that they have no idea. They just, they're just they applying for the lake because it was a tag that was open in third phase, and that's why they're applying for it. Or or they've heard of the name before. They don't, yeah. know, they don't know where it's at, but they've heard the name before. Yeah. Yeah. So do your research. Who wants to go next? I'll, I'll go. So mine is, if you want fwc's website if you're looking to get into gator hunting and you've never done it before fwc's website has tons of information on it they got links to where you can buy your gear they have links if you want to get a guide they have links to guides if you want to know where a processor is it's all right there you may have to do some hunting to find it (laughs) but it's all there and that's my that's a that's a really good resource to go to and look at when it comes to that and i'll give you a bonus one if you do draw tags read that tag that paper entirely front yeah. back and left and right that's side. right yeah joey jim i'm gonna go back to off the grid a little bit and uh like so much what i you know economics seems to affect everything that we do and um, I've mentioned a couple times about work harder, save longer, and, but that's it, man. And, and it just is a, you know, a financial planner, I'm a day job and I'm very frustrated now at, at 50 years old with running into a lot of people. Let's say that they're very affluent income wise, but they still gripe and moan that, oh, it's too hard. Right. And then I'll run into someone that's got a third of their income who's managed to save the same amount of money, but the difference is that person's not facing disappointment simply because they started earlier and they did the things that are going to be need to be done. So specifically, I guess for anybody that's listening to this, you know, we're all wired this way. It's like, well, I'm going to start later. You know, as soon as I get this next thing out of the way, then I'm going to start. Well, as as professional as a guy that's been hearing that from some people now for 30 years, you know, now they're 50 years old or 60 years old and they're so far behind the eight ball. It, but there's still, you know, the funny thing about it is instead of like, they're still making the same excuse about, well, as soon as I get this out of the way, I'll tackle it. Yet meanwhile, there's awful lot of other people that just said, you know what, I got to make this a priority. I'm going to take care of it. So I'm kind of speaking both ways. I see it and it's easier to describe in the terms of finance. But that's just true in life, man. If we got something that needs to be done, even though the proximity of that consequence is still months away, years away, decades away, you know it's coming. 
and it ain't going to get easier if you delay. Start now. That's my advice. Joey, what do you got? Well, mine was taken because uh, you know what I was thinking on <laughs> I'm that. I'm good for that. You're good for that one? He's you know, good for stealing your tip of the week. Yeah. He's good for it, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to just do the two. I'm going to do two for one reason on this. Then I'm going to do two of them. The first one is, like you had said about knowing a little bit there when you go to apply. But I want to take that one just a little bit further. And that's why I want to add this in there. Know you're going to be able to hunt. Yeah. 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 I, you know, you put in for something and you find out it was your mother's anniversary and y'all are going to be out of town on a cruise. And that was your only week to hunt. Now you took somebody else's tag. You did. You took somebody else's tag. I really, really, that, you know, and that's why it's part of yours. So it's really one, but it, that's why I said it was. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Ch- yeah. Chances are you put in, you may have drawn that tag. And then, oh, crap, that's my mother-in-law's anniversary. You know what you could do with that tag? You could turn it back in so it is available for second phase, third phase. Don't you, be lazy. You, Work right. harder. <laughs> exactly. You know, but I always say is know your schedule when you put in and you pick that week. Yeah. <laughs> Look on your calendar. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I actually had to return uh, a deer hunt this year because we had originally been scheduled to go to Kentucky in the beginning of November, and then uh, plan shifted. We had to shift it by an entire month, and that put it right in the middle when I had uh, Lake George. And I was like, well, that's uh, Hunt Lake George or Hunt Kentucky. I'm going to Kentucky, bud. We're not, <laughs> I'm not going to Lake George. But I turned Lake George, I turned the tag back in <laughs> so that somebody else could draw that tag. Right. So, But uh, the crawfish boil's over. We had a great event. And uh, to all you guys that are listening, especially now for the first time, we really appreciate you guys coming out and joining us out there. It was a lot of fun. That'll be happening beginning of May again next year, and it's still May now. But you go ahead and start watching because the pig, pig roast is, coming, is up. coming. So yeah, it was there was a lot of great people there. It's nice to meet everybody. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. But we'll catch you guys next week. I had fun, man. Yeah, thank appreciate you for us. Appreciate the invite, in. and let's hope we can get some people out there. So uh, let me know when it hits up, and we'll put it up on the group and everything. And I will do. Joey, we'd love to have you back in to talk about ducks and the works that D the work that DU does and Oh absolutely. Well I think there's a lot more than DU too. I mean I mean don't get me wrong, I love our DU and what they do, but you know, Florida's pretty lucky. We got we got a lot of people working on, you know, what we need to change in Florida and you know, because they ain't making no more land and they sure enough taking plenty of it. So, you know, that's that's Florida is fortunate because we have, not only do we have Ducks Unlimited who specializes in ducks, we have other organizations like United Waterfowl and stuff like that who specialize in Florida's ducks. Yep. They and do. That's um, a great thing. And, you know, Delta's trying to mm-hmm. make some steps into Florida. Um, so, I, I just, you know, the inner fighting, if, if you ever could get through part of that, you know, it's, it's like, how does the bass fisherman and the duck hunter work together when... They don't have anything in common, you know, except for they both put a boat in the water, and that's where they need to start with, I think. Yeah. You both are respecting the water because you both are putting a boat in the water because Lord knows if you're hunting around here, you are putting a boat in the water. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll catch you guys next week.